Adams and Ings for company and Walcott as well. And this is Danny Ings who fancies it. So oh! it just gets better and better for Southampton. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Premier League Across the Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Fu, and as always, I'm joined by. 1 0 to the Arsenal. Well, okay, yeah, one nil to the Arsenal. Yeah, sorry, that's all I care <laughs> He's about. He's with us today. <laughs> um, overall, though, other than that result, mate, it was a pretty good weekend, really, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty interesting. Pretty, uh, I would say, picked it up a bit from the last couple of weekends. Yeah, definitely, mate. A lot more uh, goals to talk about this weekend. Some more entertaining matches. So we'll start off then with Friday's match: Wolves two, uh, Crystal Palace nil. Um, Nuri, the youngster, got a debut goal and he took it well, to be fair to him. Like, yeah, really good strike. Just uh, hit it low, you know, kept his body over it, directed it in the side netting. Uh, always happy for him. I think that was his first Premier League start, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't remember exactly, but no, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's his, um, his first like senior match, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, good um. On him especially for Wolves like but yeah and then Podence as well mentioned him in the podcast either last week or a couple of weeks ago he got a goal he also took as well um, he's been playing good mate he's been probably the most impressive player for Wolves other than Jimenez in my opinion yeah no Podence has been really good he created a lot of really interesting things in this in this game um, also just want to say that Dendonker miss that just went off the corner of the posts was that like that would have been a breathtaking goal if that had gone in. Yeah, the uh, like volley or whatever it was yeah. from fucking like thirty yards yeah, up, mate. Yeah, that yeah. was mad. That wasn't it. Goodness. Crazy though that he like struck that that well, and then when he had a volley from like six oh, yards up, mate, he it bottled up, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, overall that game, I think Palace, you can maybe say, were a bit unlucky. You know, they did have some chances, nothing really major, and then I don't know if you saw the penalty call. Yeah, 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 I did. What do you reckon to that pen or no pen? Um I don't know. Like what what are your thoughts? I'd probably say penalty to be fair, mate. Just cuz I look at the little bit of contact that uh, was on Salah and obviously we got a pen for that, which after watching that back I was like, mate, that was never a pen, yeah. but you know, if if I was a Palace fan, I'd be fully expecting that to be given, like, definitely. Yeah, it is kind of one of those ones where you kind of just depends on which side you're on, on how you think of it. Like, that's really on the line. So, I don't I don't know. I don't have much of a problem with it either way. Yeah, burn it, in it, mate. But Wolves then into the top six. Now they're really picking up the pace, getting these wins after, obviously, the first couple of weeks of the season was a bit of a dead thing for them. But yeah, they're looking. Uh, they're slowly starting to become the te- the team they were last year, aren't they? Yeah, they're looking good. Um, still overpriced, but Nelson Semedo, I think, has actually looked really good, especially going forward. Um, he just looks dangerous a lot. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Wolves are definitely getting back to some of their kind of exciting, fast-paced attacking ways. You know, they're they're a fun team to watch when they're playing well. So I like it when uh, I like that they're getting back into form. Yeah, same, mate, because I, I do enjoy Wolves and I, I like a lot of their players. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see. Um, speaking of last season form, though, a team that's really not living up to that this season, Sheffield then, they faced City and uh, they lost that game 1-0. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield did actually have, like, 
one really good chance from uh, when Sanderberga cut it across. I don't remember who who to exactly, but um, I mean, City looked pretty clearly the better side. I mean, one nil. Obviously, you traditionally be expecting City to win by more, but they had some good chances. Um, Sterling looked really dangerous a lot of the game, so you know, one nil maybe isn't quite as representative of how the game went. I felt like City were pretty clearly the better side, which, I mean, again, you expect them to be. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you, mate. Um, 1-0 doesn't really tell the full story of that. They did proper dominate that game. Um, You know, De Bruyne looked good again. Oh, he Uh, had a Walker's goal, by the way. Yeah, Walker's goal was great. He's he's looking silky. And then, yeah, Walker's goal, mate absolute boomer like he didn't even really go nuts for it did he He hardly even celebrated it which was a bit mad no he's a like a childhood Sheffield United fan he might have even played there at one point oh really yeah that's mad I did not know that you know yeah I only knew that crazy the commentary but that must have been just the difference between the American commentary and and uh Sky Sports so yeah possibly yeah but I mean overall though Sheffield like it's it's looking bad mate we've said it every week but one point the lack of creativity as well that they've got just not getting goals three goals in seven games like mate i i don't know what to say about them honestly they've got liverpool up oh no sorry not liverpool next they've got uh chelsea next like it's not getting any better yeah having only pulled one point that's they're off to a fucking howler of a start like i I really would have backed Sheffield to stay up this season, even after the first few weeks when they were looking pretty dead. But it's really, really looking like they're sealing their own fucking doom to go back into the championship this year. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, at the start, you were like, all right, maybe they've just got a bit of cold feet here. But now that we're seven games in, like, we're getting to the part where they're not going to be able to dig their way out, mate. Just one point from seven games is absolutely abysmal. Yeah, and they've only scored three goals. <laughs> like, that's so bad. Literally, they've scored the joint least, mate, yeah. alongside Burnley. Who are also who are again... shocking. Exactly, yeah. So, should we move on to them? Yeah. Um, pump, pumped 3-0 by Chelsea. I mean, yeah, the other... T- Sheffield and Burnley only have one point from seven games or I mean Burnley's I guess only played six but they've also conceded 12 scored three I mean it's just really Chelsea absolutely should have won this game 3-0 I think you know Chelsea obviously lined up like pretty differently to uh, in this game having uh, Havertz and um, oh my god I'm drawing a blank in the midfield, yeah, no, have in the midfield that Havertz, Conte, oh Mount, Mount, thank you, Jesus, yeah, yeah, I could see his stupid little <laughs> face, but I couldn't pull his name, um, and I, like that was different, I think, and a lot of people were excited about that, um, which I get, I definitely worry about Conte as kind of the singular defensive presence in that midfield when they play a team that has just any attacking threat at all. Because, like, Burnley just cannot score. And so, like, it's really easy to just basically have Conte there as a cover. Um, And and you really just don't have to worry that much. Like, Burnley aren't going to beat you with any sort of pace. And, like, Zuma 
and Reese James and Conte are fast enough to cover if they do try and like break on you. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, again, you know, Chelsea looked pretty good as well. Like overall, like ZS looks really good. Um, bit of a mad goal that though. Yeah, mate, he properly wrong-footed the keeper, didn't he? Yeah. Like, I I don't know as well with, with Burnley, mate. Pope does not look the same keeper this year at all. He's been looking I feel like last dreadful. year, mate, he's defo saving that. Mm, I agree. Like, he's he's been piss poor this year. And then, other than Burnley's chance early on where Barnes, like, booted it <laughs> yeah. to the heavens, mate, they didn't get a shot on goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're no, they're, I mean, they're, they're dreadful. Shit. You, uh... Sean Dykes really should have taken that job, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. I mean, I'm, that, that's like I'm sounding like an idiot now saying Dykes for the England job, but who knows? Maybe in the future we'll see. But um, yeah, nothing really can be said about Burnley other than the fact that they dog, mate. Um, but yeah, Zayech played really well. That was his first Premier League start. The goal, like we said, wrong foot in the keeper. Nice little finish. Yeah, got um, a good assist as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. Reese James played well as well. Him and Mount really impressed me that game. Reese James is really good. Just straight up, he's a really good player. He is. He's a, he's a decent right back, but what I think it is, is like he's um, in the spotlight now, been like a young England right back, and obviously all the talent England have got a right back. It's whenever he has a bad game, yeah. everybody's just on him straight away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I quite but see yeah. that as much. Um just being over here in, in like in the US, like difference between being in the UK and kind of seeing UK media on a more regular basis. But I get it. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like they're all just on him, mate. It's like as soon as he has a bad game, it's like, wow, these people are really comparing Reese James to Wan Bazaka and Trent, blah blah blah, kind of stuff like that. But yeah, I agree with you, mate, he's a good player. He played really well. Um yet like Saturday against uh obviously a shit team but and then Werner scoring again mate he's uh he's finally broke that what he needed to break and now he's starting to rack him up in the league isn't he yeah no i mean i that's one signing that i have been bullish on from the start i think that was a, a good price for a striker that i have i had total belief in that he was going to come good you know mm-hmm. never never had a shred of doubt that Werner was was going to be a bust in the Premier League, so not surprised. Yeah, and a quick shout out to Mendy. Then um, he's looking a decent goalie. Obviously, nothing to make him look decent against Burnley, but overall now he's racking up the clean sheets. And I believe I saw a stat that he's faced that he's saved a hundred percent of the shots on target against him. Not sure how many that is. To be fair, it could only be like five or six or seven. But still, it's a. I I reckon Kepper probably would have saved maybe one out of those five. <laughs> yeah. No. Honestly, I. Uh, it's been a crazy turnaround. I think it was. Um, I think Mendy's now played like six games and he's conceded one goal. Whereas in the six games that Kepper started before him, they conceded fourteen. Jeez, or something like that. Nuts. So uh, yeah, it's. And again, it's definitely not entirely him. Like they're just facing a lot less shots generally. Um, mm-hmm. The last few games, they've been playing a little bit less open. Um, except in this game, obviously, when they didn't even have to worry about being attacked, they could have just played ten men in the opposition penalty box and probably still never conceded a goal. But um, yeah, I mean, it's he's definitely an upgrade on on Kepa. That's for certain. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, 
Over on to my team then, uh, Liverpool, we beat West Ham 2-1 at Anfield. Fornals gave uh, you a bit of a scare. Yeah, mate, he did last year as well. Um, I don't know what it is about Liverpool lately. We keep going 1-0 down and it's like I did say to you, didn't I, last week, oh, if you want to bet on a team to come back, it is going to be Liverpool, but I'd rather not have that stress, mate, <laughs> yeah. of going the goal down, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I'm an Arsenal supporter. I know all about unnecessary stress. Yeah, definitely, man. But, I mean, overall, we did dominate the game. We had 72% of possession. They had 28. Um, bit controversial, the penalty then. What were your thoughts on that? Um, A bit soft, for sure, I think. But, you know, I don't know. It, I, I don't think it was a pen, but it's not one that I'm, like, up in arms about. Yeah, see, with me, it's like... There was definitely contact, you can't deny that. But that contact doesn't make Sala yeah. react like that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. He definitely made the most out of it. Obviously, I'm buzzing because it's my team. But I think if roles were reversed, I'd be fuming. Yeah, I um, agree. I, I think, honestly, part of my very kind of passive view on it is just the fact that like I know how bad you guys have been getting just fucked up the ass by VAR this season so it's like well alright <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just let, that was let a... one go their way I don't know yeah definitely mate um, I don't know it, it's a weird one like there was contact so we'll take it and I feel like we we would have definitely won that game anyway I'd say because we were dominating them um, but yeah the, the turning point in the second half really was when Jota and Shakiri came on they both played insane yeah, I mean, obviously Jota, Jota got a goal to... didn't he but he had to score two winners for you. Yeah, man. I uh, I don't know. See, I'd, I feel more like... I think that goal should have been allowed, personally. Because Mane didn't actually touch the keeper, mate. He went under him. Yeah, he went in a bit silly. and didn't really make contact with the ball. But he also didn't make contact with the keeper. He went under him. He didn't really affect him in saving the shot. Like, Jota would have buried it anyway. And he did what he had to do. He went, he challenged for the ball. It came off um, their defender, went to Jota and he buried it. So, I don't know, that one kind of peed me off a bit. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I'm a bit inclined to agree. The main thing for me is that just didn't seem like a reversible offence. You know, like it seems like one of those ones where if that mm. were the call on the field initially, then that would have stood... You know, it like sometimes just it's such a fine margin that it's not quite like a reversible on replay thing i think that's something that at least we see more in american sports where you know we've had replay in in all of our major sports for a while and it's like it has to be like very clear and definitive for you to overturn the call that's made on the field and this just kind of seemed like one of those where it wasn't clear enough to overturn the fact that it was already ruled a goal but uh yeah mate that's uh, exactly what it's meant to be. It's meant to be if it's a clear and obvious error, then it gets overturned. But to me, it wasn't clear and obvious. Um, if that game finished 1-1, I'd have been fuming about that. But it didn't because lovely little ball from Shakiri, And then, like you said, Jotter had to get two winners. And he buried it, mate. Yeah, just a great little run and a great finish. Yeah, I'm um, I'm honestly, mate, I'm loving Jotter. Shakiri played really well for us in the Champions League as well. Jotter's absolute bagsman for us he's literally scored in pretty much every game he's played um 
except for like against Everton. But um, what are your thoughts then on him getting into the start on eleven? Um, I mean, yeah, like Jota is really good. I, I mean, it's it's tough to really put anyone ahead of Salah or Mane, but if you wanted to experiment with with having one of those guys take up Firmino's role, I mean, Firmino is kind of like very uniquely used for his skill set. So it's one of those ones where it's like, well, does replacing him with one of those, you know, three make sense because it's not like for like but I don't know I mean he's a hell of a player he'll be in the starting lineup before too long but it's really hard to pull Salah or Mane out from a team yeah I think he's got to replace Bobby to be fair mate like for me you know obviously yeah there's the whole oh he's a defensive striker he doesn't get goals all this stuff mate but he created zero chances against West Ham he played absolutely awful and if Jota keeps performing, mate, and getting goals, like at one point you are going to have to say, right, let him in. Maybe put Salah up top. Mane can go to the right again. Jota out on the left. So uh, it's definitely something to think about. And then a quick little mention to Nat Phillips, who started at centre back. When I saw he was starting, I was like, oh, man, fuck's sake. Ended up getting man of the match. Yeah, which no, he is, was uh, good. He was, yeah, he played really well. He looks good in the air. Obviously, um, Haller didn't really give him much hassle because Haller's a bit slow and isn't going to make those runs it would have been interesting to see how he fared against Antonio um, but yeah mate he was, he was sold in the air and he, he played really well um, I think he'll probably maybe start against City depending on if Fabinho's fit or not we'll have to wait and see but yeah um, overall I'm not too worried about the whole centre-back situation yeah I mean I think uh, you've got decent enough cover for sure as long as everything kind of stays the same. It, it has seemed like it's been a never-ending, you know, just cycle of injuries in your team, though. So, But, you know, knock on wood, hopefully everybody stays healthy that is currently healthy, um, and y'all should be able to, to make it through in a decent enough position. Yeah, man, fingers crossed. Um, go on then, mate, let's move on to Super Sunday. What was the... Uh... First game that day then? Uh, first game, that's Aston Villa, Southampton, correct? That is correct, yeah. mate, and what a mad scoreline. Yeah, so I actually, so, I, so this one finished Aston Villa 3, Southampton 4. Um, I texted mad. you, I didn't realize it finished 4-3 to three because I thought it had ended 4-2. to two. I had gotten up um at that point and fucking jack Grealish just scores a weird near post goal from outside the box uh with the last touch of the game yeah legit like the last kick of the game mate it was a i don't know it was a mad one it didn't look like it should have went in but it did it was it was crazy like you'd expect the goalie to get it um but he he to be fair was the standout player for villa mate he Played so well. Obviously, he won the penalty for them. He assisted Ming's goal. Um, and then, obviously, got the third goal for them. So, he, he did play really well. But Southampton as well, mate. Oh, my. Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> what a fucking... What a night he had. Indeed, man. Like, the, the free kick. Crossed it in. Vestergaard, good header. Perfect ball, mate. Exactly what you want from your set-piece taker. And then out of his two free kicks, then which were you? Which one was your favorite? That second one is 
mental, dude. Just the way I've it bends up and over the wall and then drops down so hard in such a small amount of space. Yeah, it was like the fact that he's like probably about twenty two yards out at most and he has time to like you said get it up get it over so quick mate and the bend on it was mad wasn't it it literally like it didn't look like a real shot no it, it does so fast as well when you there's one angle that i saw of it and where it literally looks like he doesn't even actually hit the ball with his foot like it just something about the way he just like flicks his toe onto it it's just such such a quick clean strike it's it actually boggles the mind. Yeah, bloody great birthday for him, man! Like yeah, great two birthday. goals and an assist, insane, mate. And just when you think that the uh, mad goals is Whoa. done, Danny Ings, oh, what a peach that was! It's just one of my. I mean, no goalkeeper on the planet is saving that. Like that's just... yeah, no chance, mate. Boring in in the top bins, mate. Zero chance. And I mean, he just does Maddie Cash like just does him completely in with that really quick chop from left to right and then oh my god what a sweet finish yeah mad mate his, his fifth goal of the season as well so he's carrying on from last Didn't year did he man. get injured in this game though um he came off like quite late on uh we'll have to wait and see if he's going to be out for a while um i'm not sure if it's been announced yet like the severity of the injury yeah but, um, i've seen yeah, be in, be interesting to see though because he's been playing ace. It wouldn't surprise me if he's injured because he is prone to it. But yeah. obviously, he started or at least played in every game last season for Southampton, which is crazy to think. But yeah, man, Southampton Villa, great game, four three. Um, Villa, obviously, we were saying about or oh, joking about them winning the league and whatnot, and yeah. they were playing ace, but. Since then, they've uh, they fell off a bit, haven't they? They've conceded seven in their last two, and lost them both as well. So, yeah, they've definitely fallen off a bit. I mean, the defensive record has has gone down, but also like some of the goals they've had scored on them have been mad. Like Emmy Martinez has had almost no chance at most of these goals that have been scored, and also like looking That's at the true. stats. I mean, Villa dominated this game on paper. You know, they had 19 shots, 10 on target to Southampton's 9 and 4. 56% possession, oh, so not, yeah, so 56% possession, so not like crazy dominant there. But I mean, um, they took 11 corners to Southampton's 1. So, like, you know, Villa really could have gotten a lot more from this game. And, like, they just had to rely on three absolutely insane goals for Southampton to win this game. Like this I don't think the scoreline really represents very accurately like who was actually played better this game. Yeah, I agree mate. Imagine it finished four 0 as well. That would have been nuts. Yeah. But um I don't know, I, I just feel like that game then kind of shows you the importance of set pieces, doesn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. So would you say War Prowse is probably up there with one of the best set piece takers in the league? I mean, shit, he's better than anyone on Arsenal, I'll tell you that. Take him, bite your arm off for Ward Prowse's set-piece taking ability <laughs> on Arsenal. Fucking hell. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say him and De Bruyne are up there as the top two, probably. Yeah, I mean, it. It that's probably right. I know that there was probably somebody that we're just like completely forgetting about, that somebody's screaming into their phone, uh, yelling about, but those are the two that come to mind for sure. 
Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, go on then. Over to Newcastle, who scored two, and they beat Everton 2 1. Um, Everton, man, wheels are falling off there. Yeah, no Richarlison, no Digne. That's uh, spelling a bit of disaster for him. Yeah, and as well, uh, no James Rodriguez playing. Yeah, yeah, in this game as well. Forgot about that, actually. But yeah, yeah I mean, a bit it, mad, man. They just didn't have any real creativity. I mean, Andre Gomez looked a bit creative, and then he had to come off with the injury, so they replaced him um, with... Uh, was it a Wobi? Who did they replace him with? I don't remember. Um, Bernard, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you know, Gilfie, I texted you during the game. I said, I hate Gilfie. Like, I just, he's such a fucking wasteful player. Um, he is. Like, he, not, he not gets. Not Swansea Gilfie, is he? No, no. I mean, and Swansea Gilfie was allowed to do that because they were just so shite that he was allowed to take four or five shots from outside the box per game because every other game, one of them came off. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, in a team where he actually needs to be relied upon to, like, create and move the ball and and get other people into dangerous positions. I think he's just so wasteful. He drives me nuts. Yeah, I agree, mate. He's uh it he's shit and it ju- just shows really the um depth that Everton are lacking mm-hmm. when those players are out and how much of a miss they really are. Obviously, it's not probably going to get any better for them. They've got United next and it's not at Old Trafford, so United might actually do something. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, for me Everton's man of the match was the new man between the sticks, Olsen. Oh, Made yeah. Made some really good looked, saves. He looked really good, for sure. And I think Ancelotti said that Pickford will be back for next game, but I think maybe he just was saying that and they're going to have some, you know, behind closed doors meetings and, and make the decision that, you know, Pickford's just warming up a seat on the bench from now on because he, he looked, that just was so much more comfortable. Um, with him back there than with Pickford yeah I agree and I don't see why they would bring Pickford back in because obviously he did concede two but one of the goals he conceded obviously a penalty um, Callum Wilson bit daft from Gomez to kick him there and give that penalty away Um, and then obviously the next one uh, the two Bournemouth boys linking up Yeah, he he whips it in Frazier to back post Wilson like Olsen can't do anything about that, mate, but all the things he could do something about, like Maximum early on, he mm-hmm. denied him. Like, he made some massive saves, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I thought he had a really, really decent game. Like, I I really wouldn't understand bringing Pickford back in um, over him. I think that would be a bit of a full, full-hearted decision because, I mean, I think it's been obvious all season that Pickford is pretty much their weakest point at least when they have their full healthy starting 11 on the pitch Pickford's the weakest point yeah definitely and so uh, yeah I mean if you can already have a replacement that you've got in house and not have to wait until January and then go spend a bunch of money on a keeper fucking go for it exactly mate and then he made a big save against Longstaff when he was one on one so overall they're man of the match Um, but credit to Newcastle I mean they they got the win Everton now looking in a sticky situation two loss on the bounce and they're probably going to make it three losses or at least draw against United I'd say I can't see them winning it unless maybe Hamas is playing but like you said Dinier and uh, Richarlison are still going to be out so 
be interesting to see. But yeah, Newcastle with a win there. They're um they're looking all right this season. They're not they're not outstanding by any means, but you know, they're they're doing decent, they're doing what you'd expect from them, which is good. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely looking like they should, you know, comfortably finish out the season, meaning, you know, they're not gonna be worried about relegation or, or being anywhere in there. They're just gonna their sights are probably gonna be to break the top ten and they probably won't crack that, but that's a better goal to have than just not get relegated. Yeah, definitely, man. And then uh, obviously Callum Wilson's showing to be a great signing for them. He's got six goals now in seven games. Yeah. Um, just two off his tally last year in 35 games. So great addition, fitting in really well there and uh, well done to Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely. So over to your team then, United nil. And Arsenal won. Yeah, fucking I... I'll hold my hands up. I've never been more wrong about a game in my entire life than I was about this one. Yeah, I got man, absolutely fucking... every single bit of this game wrong. Like, I can't <laughs> even... I, even after I like I saw the pre-match lineups and everything, like, I got every bit of this wrong. I, I thought Mike Dean for sure was going to fuck us. He, in fact, did the opposite. Um... You know, I thought both teams were going to be super... Like, I thought we were going to sit back and be super defensive and, like, really not allow them space to run in. But we actually pressed up really high. Um, I thought we were probably going to lose and maybe draw. We win... You know, I just could not have been more wrong. Yeah, and obviously, you predicted a penalty for United because Mike Dean gives you one every 20 other games. Um, he gives you a penalty and it's what ends up winning you the game yeah and I think deservedly so I thought I think that we were clearly the better team um, oh yeah 100% mate United just couldn't really get anything going obviously they had maybe a 5-10 minute period where they looked like something could happen but overall Arsenal really controlled the game throughout especially the first 40-30 minutes of the game mate they were just all over them yeah, and, I mean, really um, the entire first half, I, I felt like United just didn't look to have any bit of it. And Thomas Party, mate, what a player he's Oof. looking like. Like, not only just solid defensively, but he's looking like that outlet going forward as well. Like, there was times where he was taking on two, three players, and he's one of those that actually runs at players, which was nice to see in a midfielder, especially. Yeah, so that was one of the things that, like, a everyone uh especially outside of you know arsenal fandom where you know obviously when you're not a fan of the club you look you don't go into as much detail about transfers and and players um but everybody outside of arsenal just kept calling him a defensive mid like oh he's a defensive destroyer like that's what he is he's going to come in and give arsenal the solidity it's like no that's not actually what he is and we've been even before we had him actually very solid at the back i mean we have the best defensive record in the prem right now and he's played two games in the Premier League so um, he really is genuinely a very very technically gifted and skilled player who can punch the ball forward with a litany of different passes like he can pass with either foot inside outside foot diagonal straight up um, through the pitch like he's got a and like I said I think I mentioned it on the last pod I for for midfielders in all of Europe's top five leagues last year he had the second best dribbling stats behind Thiago so like 
That's and mad. I mean, we saw it when he nutmegged the ever living shit out of Fred while running the ball up the pitch. Like, he's a very good dribbler. He's incredibly secure on the ball, and he's a lot more progressive than I think people gave him credit for, because he was playing in such a rigid Atletico Madrid Diego Simeone style. Yeah, they're a very defensive team anyway, aren't they? And um, Alomanza, I thought he was literally a DM kind of thing, just defensive midfielder. So. When I saw him, and like I said, it was nice to see him like running at players. Like I love that when a midfielder or any player for that fact just like will run forward and isn't afraid to try something. He looks like he could be the one that starts getting you assists, starts getting goals for his, um, well, creating goals anyway. Uh, and like you said, mate, he's he's got a lot in him. He's skillful, left and right foot. Plus, on top of the uh, fact that he can attack, he's solid defensively. Oh, yeah. I mean, defensively, he definitely has all of those abilities that people were saying that he had when they were calling him a DM. But, like, he's just so much more dynamic than that. Like, he's really a true just center midfielder where he does everything up the entire length of the pitch. Um, and he one of the good things to see was how often... Because he did lose the ball a decent little bit because he... Which I like to see because I like to see players trying things like that's just been the biggest problem with Arsenal's midfielders basically since we lost Ramsey or Cazorla was that they just don't try shit they're just so safe um so he tried things and they didn't always come off but then he's such a good athlete and he's so long and so fast that then he was the one that recovered and regained the the ball or pressured them off the ball and allowed Arsenal to regain possession um and like with Granite Xhaka for example who's really I think kind of the player Partey is replacing if Xhaka lost the ball the ball stayed lost because he just didn't have that athleticism to recover yeah I agree with you there man um, quickly before we move on to United and how poor they were and how poor they've been um, do you think maybe Gabriel your centre back should have been sent off obviously you'll probably say no but um, no, there so... was a was a foul quite late on uh, in the game. Well, at some point in the second half, that definitely could have been a yellow card offence. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely could have been. Like, just being completely honest, I thought, especially given the fact that it was Mike Dean and the fact that he had given us a penalty, I, I, I thought in my heart that, like, oh, Gabriel's off here. Um, and I think that that would be a fair decision but I also think and I was listening to somebody else talk about this um, earlier but I think his first yellow was really more of a management of the game by Mike Dean rather than actually booking him for a foul so much you know it was like because he got his first yellow off of stopping a counter attack so it was it was given for like the cynicism rather than than um, actually like being an overly aggressive defender and so I think yeah, that... Yeah, for, for me, though, that definitely was... Like, when you hold someone back like that and full stop cut out an attack, I feel like that is worthy of a yellow. No, I, like, yeah, I, I, I agree. But, I, like, I think part of the reason that refs have been given the freedom to give those as yellows is because it's, it's the game management rather than actually, like... Not everything is super cut and dry. And like I said, if Gabriel gets sent off there, I'm not sitting here complaining saying that that was a bad call um yeah so i understand like if united fans are are a bit upset about that but i do also just think that like those are both 
I don't know. That first one just it would have been a little bit soft. I don't know. Again, like I said, I, it probably should have been a yellow, but I also think that that's game management and like the reason why Holding and Gabriel got booked so close together kind of in that early stages in the first half, like midway through the first half or whatever, was just Mike Dean kind of managing, saying like, all right, I'm not just going to let you stop these counterattacks all the time. But like it, you know, I, I just yeah, think that, yeah. that he was playing more of a game management rather than a a black and white letter of the law kind of thing. And I, I understand that and I can appreciate that from a ref, but I also understand and respect the opinion that United fans might have that he should have been sent off. Fair enough then. Um, on to United's woes then, mate. Um, in their home games this season in the league, they've scored just two and conceded 10, mate. Obviously, the 6-1 battering from Spurs contributes a lot to that, but they're yet to win a game at home. Um, I I don't know, worrying for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um... It is really weird that they specifically are having these troubles at home. I mean, I know that there's no fans, and so like the home advantage kind of goes out the door. But it, it still shouldn't. It shouldn't be a home disadvantage. Like I, I you're still. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it, man? Yeah. Like seven points from six games. Yeah. They dropped eleven points this season. That's that's pretty that's pretty mental. And it, but it is also crazy because they're also having these performances in the Champions League. Yeah, they, it's it is nuts. Maybe they're just going for that because they know they can't get the league. But I don't think that's it. I just I I'm looking at their lineup, mate, and McTominay and Fred, just not good players. Obviously, Tellez will come into the side once he's done with Corona, um. So maybe he'll make a difference. But even Harry Maguire, I just don't rate either. Pogba, I don't rate. Like obviously, he's the one that gave away the pen. He's an idiot. Um. I don't know. I, I maybe I think they need a new manager. You know, I don't think Ollie's a good manager at all. I've said for ages I think he's shit, but I love that he's in the job because it's ace to see United do shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then, like you said, exactly. Champions League, they're fucking freaks, mate. Beating Leipzig five nil. No one expected that. No, no. I mean, they've honestly. I'm kind of okay if uh, their performances in the Champions League keep Ole in the job at least throughout the season, as long as it means that, you know, they don't win the Champions League, which they won't. That's impossible. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna knock on wood just in case, but it's fucking impossible <laughs> that United would win the Champions League this year. Um, Mate, stranger things have happened, though. Yeah, it? I mean, honestly, like, the fact that Spurs even made it at the Champions League final against you guys is about as crazy as it would be for United to make it there this year. So, fucking A. But, um... <laughs> Strange air, though, lads. Strange air. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, United, I agree. I think they need a new manager. I do also think they have pretty big weaknesses. Like I said, Maguire sucks. I mean, Juan Bissaka is great defensively. Gives you nothing going forward. Uh, you know, as much as United fans will post and retweet the shit out of every single nice pass or the, the, <laughs> the rare fucking goal that he has, it doesn't mean that he's a good you know attacking player it just means that he's good enough to make it as a professional footballer like that's you yeah. know like, like it's just everyone that's at that level can do those things sometimes um definitely is solid defensively though but i don't know man they're um they're looking on the ropes at the minute obviously could turn it around and change people's thoughts against everton but we'll have to wait and see for that yeah i do before uh before we move on from this game i have to hold my hands up and give huge 
props to Mohamed El Neni, the best Egyptian in the league. <laughs> because like I and I still stand by a lot of the things that I've said about Mo Neni so far this season. Because people were kind of losing it a bit early on, saying how good he is or whatever, like that he 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 was playing really well. And I didn't think he was doing very much in those games. That was interesting. This game, though, he genuinely looked good. Like, not just passable, which is what he looked like in the games before. He genuinely looked good. He worked his ass off. He made He actually learned how to pass the ball forward, which has really been a huge... That's been a big part of his progression is figuring out that he can go in that direction, not just back to his keeper. Um, so like, but like he genuinely looked good, man. And uh, if he'll, if he's playing like this, then I've got no problem with the fact that we've kept him because generally I was not super thrilled with the fact that like he was playing games. Uh, but if he continues to play like this, I've got no problem with it. Yeah. I mean, he looked good. Party looked good, mate. To be fair, Overall, I think your whole team looked decent that day, mate, and it was a well-deserved three points for Arsenal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we created a lot more dangerous opportunities than the shots actually uh, suggest because you know we had a couple really dangerous moments that didn't quite get the shot off from, um, so those aren't going down in like the XG stats. But, I mean, really, if we finished all of the bigger chances that we had, which is unrealistic to say, but if we, we, had, we had like five... If you include the penalty, we have about five like very, very decent chances to score. So I think it's a deserved win. 100%, mate. And then um, your rivals then, they also picked up the three points. Spurs two, yeah. Brighton one, man. I uh, I do just have to say, like Harry Kane is going to hurt somebody. Yeah, he's going. Uh, he's going to really hurt somebody if he keeps doing that. He's been doing that for years. He's clever in it in it, what he does, mate. It's clever, but it's so dangerous, and it's so clearly premeditated. Like that's the thing is, like you literally, I saw something come out on Twitter yesterday. Uh, I think it was yesterday, and it's like, and if you watch the video, you notice it clearly. Before he does this little move where he backs into these players. He looks at them like he looks at them and waits for them to jump, and then he times when he backs in and draws them. Yeah, I he, saw that. It was uh, I can't remember who it was against, but I saw him do that as well. Yeah, and um, he did it again yesterday or whenever was yeah yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, in my opinion, it was a pen. A bit like he does back into him, but at the same time, Lallana does kind of jump onto him as well. It's it. It's a bit of a Kane backs up, but Lallana also. Does it? it? It's clever from him, though. You have to give him that. It's very clever from him. Yeah, it's clever, um, and I think they're like. I mean, it works, and it does put himself in a situation where you kind of have to. If you're not gonna call a foul on Kane, then you have to give it. Like at this point, it's just expected. But like something needs to be. He's going to hurt somebody really badly doing that one of these days because it just creates for very very awkward landings. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll have to see how it goes in the future. They might referees might pick up on it now because I feel like after this game, um, it's not really been talked about in the past. But after this game, it's definitely be something that's uh, something that's been brought to light. So it's been be interesting about to see. Fans, um, I'll tell you that. Oh, I bet it has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any anything that's like potentially negative or bad about Spurs has been dug up and posted all over Arsenal Twitter, but it just hasn't been caught on by mainstream media yet. yeah yeah <laughs> i suppose though in a way brighton did 
kind of get one back. They I did. mean, they obviously got a goal, which in my opinion should have been disallowed as I think it was a clear foul on Hoiberg. How it didn't get overturned, I don't know. Um, I'm not too sure was... what your thoughts are on that. No, I think it was a clear foul. It was one of those where I think I saw three angles of it and the first two weren't great angles and I was like, oh, you look like... He looks like he might have gotten the ball there. And then I saw the third one. I was like, oh, no, that's a foul. Like, that's absolutely a foul. Yeah, no definitely. But, I mean, yeah, they got that one back. I do think that that might have been the first time this season so far that the ref has been, like, instructed by Stockley Park to go to the monitor and view the uh, the challenge, and it hasn't been overturned. Like every yeah, time. it is. It's a, yeah. Normally, they change the decision when they go to the monitor. So yeah. I thought, well, as soon as he went to the monitor, I was like, all right, it's been disallowed. And then he gave it, and I was a bit like, oh, what the? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, I will say, Lamptey's done well there. I'm a, just a big fan of that player. So I do. Obviously, it shouldn't yeah, have counted, same, man. but he's done really well there. So I want to give him his prize. Nice, li- nice little finish. Um, I mean, overall, Brighton did play well. Like, I've said it before, I really like Solly March. I like Trossard. Um, we're both fans of Lamptey. We we've sang Brighton's praises on their performances. They just need to start getting results. So we won't talk too much about that because they do seem to play quite well. Um, and we've said the results will come. But um, the Welsh Dragon then, mate, he comes on within three minutes. Nice little header. He's assisted by his Real Madrid teammate Regulon. Um, good header as well. To be fair, mate, you could tell he loved that goal as well. Yeah, no, I mean, he definitely was uh, was stoked to get that goal. It was a well-taken header. It was about as easy as they come. I mean, Brighton just completely lost track of him in the box. Nobody was challenging Reggion as he was putting the the cross in. So it was basically a training ground drill. But, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, the pass needs to be made and the header needs to be put in the back of the net, and they did that. So. Definitely, mate. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if... Uh... Bale starts making more appearances for them now and playing a bit more. I feel like getting that goal, he'll um, definitely gain a bit of confidence. But yeah, I mean, overall, he'll, he'll take over like Lamella's minutes before before too long, I think. Yeah, he should do like, and obviously he'll probably get given the chance again in the Europa. So it'll be interesting to see if he performs there and takes that chance. But obviously, been Welsh. I'm buzzing that he scored. I like the guy. Um, and Tottenham are looking a proper side this year, man. They're up into third place now after Leicester's result. Yeah, I mean, definitely pretty decent. Um, you know, still really early doors, but they are they're looking better than I expected them to. I have to admit that. Yeah, same same here, mate. Same here. All right, how about uh, uh, the a team that we expected to maybe never pick up a point again? <laughs> Actually, get yeah, man. Yeah, Fulham 2, West Brom nil. What are your thoughts? Um, su- Surprised, to be fair, mate. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be either a 1-1 or a 0-0 or something like that. Um, But it wasn't. Reed obviously makes it 1-0. It was a good ball and nice head back across from Mitrovic. Um, but then the second goal, mate, jeez. Yeah, I mean... Fucking hell! Like, <laughs> I mean, this is like... this. It's always just like insane. It seems like it's these like relegation battle games where, and I think the reason maybe is just because both teams are so bad they're just like fuck it and they just put their foot through it eventually. 
but you just see some absolute corkers in these games, dude. Yeah, like his weak foot as well. It on like when he hit it, I was like, "What a waste!" And then it went in. I was like, "Oh shit, that was mad." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you love to see it. It's I was definitely shocked just at any point to see the scoreline of Fulham up by two goals on any team. Um, but yeah, shit. I mean, just you love to see that goal. I watched it on replay, just like a. 10 straight times because the flight of the ball is so satisfying once it leaves his foot yeah it is mate and it's just like it's struck so like madly as well isn't it and the way it curls just like so perfectly in the top corner mate it it is a goal you can definitely watch over and over again Um, obviously Mitrovic two assists He, he played a lot better that game Mitrovic in my opinion he looked good yeah no good on him he needed desperately to have a good game because he I know that he's like a a staple in this team but even so he was like on the verge of being unplayable like he almost had to be dropped he was playing so fucking terribly the basically this entire season so far so uh good on him I still just can't get over how fucking fat he's gonna be in 10 years (laughs) I swear mate one thing I can't get over from that game is uh Grant's miss Especially after he took his chance so well. Um, not sure if it was last game or the game before, but yeah, last game, mate. Grant's goal took it so well. This this time he was through. You thought maybe he'll uh, he'll do something decent here, go cross goal, but he slices it well wide, mate. And it was a it was a big mistake from Fulham that puts him clean through. And you fought there two one surely, but God, it was terrible, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's he's gonna lose some sleep over that one. I tell you that. Hundred percent. And then Fulham had a chance to make it three. Um, Luckman obviously rushed out to the goalkeeper, who, by the way, I think should have had a red card. I think that was a red card challenge. I don't know if you saw that one, but um, uh, yeah, this game I was a little bit kind of in and out of. I didn't catch like every detail of this one, so I didn't see that. Yeah, I've not really seen much about it on Twitter. Um, but to me, I think it was a red. It was a bit of a reckless challenge by him. But then he rushes out, the keeper messes up, and then Fulham have two shots cleared off the line, which is a bit crazy. Yeah, that's that's a madness. But be interesting to see then. Obviously, Fulham have picked up their first win on the season, see if they can go on from there. Um, probably not, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, I mean, and, shit, uh, some of these other teams are looking so fucking bad too that maybe Fulham could actually manage to find their way in the Premier League again next season because teams are leaving the door open. Yeah, hundred percent. Like they're out the relegation zone at the minute, thanks to Sheffield and Burnley being so poor. Obviously, Burnley do have a game in hand, but but even then, if a... Burnley wins that, they're they're still level, and I think. Uh, depending on the score I mean Fulham would be ahead on goal difference so like yeah they're not Mm. exactly Um, we'll have to wait and see and then West Brom on the other hand they're still yet to get a win been seven games they've had three draws four losses Um, next up who have they got they have got Tottenham so probably not going to win that one are they hope they do and then United (laughs) mad um but yeah, they they could be waiting a while to get their first win. Um, thankfully, Fulham have. See if they kick on. 
And then on to the final game of the weekend then, mate. Leeds won, Leicester 4, another great game. Yeah, a really fun one. And you were definitely, um, I mean, maybe not on how we thought the game was going to play out, but I thought Leeds were going to win this game and you thought Leicester were going to win. And very, very clearly, I uh, came out looking like a mug on this one. Yeah, well, I came out looking like a mug saying um, Leicester aren't going to be in the top eight. And That's also true. They're in second place now, mate, and maybe yeah. Leeds aren't going to be in the top eight. They've already dropped down to 12th since we were talking about that. Um, but yeah, really good performance from Leicester overall. Obviously, first goal comes from a big mistake. Vardy pounces on it and squares it to Barnes. Um, some nice little 1-0 lead from there. And then obviously, Vardy, really good run by him again to make himself free and get the header. Tielemann scores the tap-in after that. And um, obviously, Vardy did get a goal, mate. I feel like he deserved it. He he looked very sharp in back in the starting lineup. And how many goals that he's got this season, do you know? I don't know, but you know that he's always heartbroken when he gets subbed off just before a penalty gets called. Yeah, <laughs> in it, mate. So, Tielemans got, was the lucky recipient of this one. I mean, he has been subbed off, I know for a fact, at least twice just before a penalty has been called. So, he, however many he has, he could easily have two more. Yeah, and it mate. He's, so he so he's got seven and six, and then to be fair, I didn't even realize that he uh, he got subbed off, you know, for the pen because he got subbed off for a defender, didn't he? Because I didn't see another attacker, but he did get his a uh, goal. It was Under who assisted him again, who obviously yeah made them do the smash and grab against you that combination. Um, but just before that, Dallas got a goal. Did you see that one? Um, no, I actually didn't see that one. So I was gone I was watching it somewhere else and then I drove back during halftime but I missed the first little bit of the second half so I actually haven't even seen that one so basically he tried to whip it in and it was one of those where just no one gets a touch on it and the cross just kind of finds itself going all the way through okay oh those are always just mad just to see all the chaos and the ball just completely untouched in its flight (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. It could have been nicked off someone's header, um, and but I don't know. I feel like it. I feel like that is what just happened, unless someone did get ahead on it. But I'm pretty sure they didn't. It definitely looked like it was just booted in, like straight from the cross. Um, but then, yeah, like you mentioned, late penalty. Uh, Tielemans buries it. Definite pen, in my opinion. Yeah. Vardy getting the goal, and overall four-one Leicester. They're looking like. They're going to be fighting for maybe a Champions League spot if they carry on. Yeah, I mean, they're looking good for sure. It's it's one of those where I think, you know, I think I already told you on, on last week's pod, people were starting to get a bit up in arms and, and overreactionary about Arsenal's form after the loss to Leicester. I mean, I think we really do sometimes need to put it into context and remember that Leicester really are a pretty damn good team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, want losing one nil to anyone sucks. Like you never want to do that. And I think we could have gotten more out of that game. But at the same time, it doesn't change the fact that like they're a really good team and they had absolutely no interest in like attacking at us. And uh, we know how hard they can attack. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I think that Leicester definitely are in shout for European places, maybe even top four this year. Yeah, mate. They, I mean, I agree with you. Obviously, I didn't 
pipped them to be top eight just like a <laughs> month ago or whatever mainly because i completely forgot about them <laughs> um but yeah man they're looking good yes you should uh, definitely listen to our podcast where one of our hosts forgets that leicester city exists <laughs> um but yeah overall mate really good weekend of football in my opinion obviously not as mad as some of them have been but it was nice to actually have the premier league pick up some pace again some mad goals were scored some mad results obviously with that 4-3 um my team winning your team winning happy days for us i suppose uh yeah and mad weekend up ahead then mate city take on liverpool uh don't know what i'm feeling about that one obviously i said i'm not worried about the uh centre-back situations but when it's man city you're playing against obviously they're not in their top form right now but god knows how that's gonna go yeah i mean i think we've got a couple of of really interesting games this weekend i mean city liverpool was interesting and that one is especially right now that's a complete wild card no idea what's going to happen either um arsenal aston villa i think it's a good game with aston villa's current form leicester wolves should be fun i mean those are two teams that really love just like you know bombing up and down smash and grab counter-attacking style mm-hmm. um, and walls are really starting to pick it up aren't they yeah so. and so are leicester as well um it seems and then yeah i mean everton man united that one that one also should be pretty interesting so yeah i'm looking forward to this week ahead and then yeah we have the fucking too, international man. break after that though yeah that's gonna suck but also one more game i want to mention which i think could maybe be interesting as an outside shot maybe southampton newcastle yep. Yep, no, I knew exactly what game you were going to say because I, I agree. I think that's an outside shout to actually be a pretty fun game. Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Me too, dude, me too. Hopefully as good as this one. But um, that's been it then, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you as always for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Um, if you want to follow us on socials, our Instagram and Twitter is at PLPondcast. Um, so make sure you do give us a follow there. Um, but yeah we will see you next weekend uh, where Zeke's team takes on Villa my team takes on City so I could be the upset one next weekend we'll have to wait and see oh I easily could be too don't you fool yourself (laughs) yeah true mate true Um, but yeah other than that ladies and gentlemen thank you as always I've been Foo I've been Zeke thanks everybody thanks for listening